0: Our sermon text this morning is Leviticus chapter 16, verses 15 through 22, and our New Testament passage is Hebrews chapter 9, verses 23 through 28. So we're first going to read the Leviticus passage, and then we will turn to the Hebrews passage so that you can see where the New Testament writers take what we're seeing in Leviticus and and where they take it. Uh, so, if you would, please open your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 16, and in honor of God's word, please stand. <clears throat> Leviticus chapter 16, beginning in verse 15, and reading God's word. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people, and bring its blood inside the veil, and do with its blood as he did... <clears throat> As he did with the blood of the bull, sprinkling it over the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. Thus he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleannesses of the people of Israel and because of their transgressions, all their sins. And so he shall do for the tent of meeting which dwells with them in the midst of their uncleannesses. No one may be in the tent of meeting from the time he enters to make atonement in the holy place. "...until he comes out and has made atonement for himself and for his house and for all the assembly of Israel. Then he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it, and shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. And he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times and cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleannesses of the people of Israel. And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar... He shall present the live goat, and Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel, and all their transgressions, all their sins. And he shall put them on the head of the goat, and send it away into the wilderness. The goat shall bear all their iniquities on itself to a remote area, and he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness. As far in the reading of God's word, please turn to Hebrews chapter 9, beginning in verse 23 and reading through verse 28. Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these, for Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true thing, but into heaven itself And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Thus far in the reading of God's word, let us pray. Father, as we have read, we pray that you would show us your Redeemer, our Savior, the Lamb of God. In Christ's name, amen. Please be seated. The Garden of Eden. Everybody knows the Garden of Eden. Is the Garden of Eden A memory? Or is the Garden of Eden a goal? Is the Garden of Eden a memory? Or is the Garden of Eden a goal? I think all of our struggle for justice our struggle against injustice, all of our desire to live lives that are meaningful and stand for things that are true and good and right, all the principles that you and I have, everything that makes up the core of why you will do this and you will not do that, is a desire to see healing. Healing in my life, healing in my relationships, healing in the space that I'm around. One of the metaphors that I like to use to describe your and my life, it comes straight out of Moses' song. "You and I are just fireflies on a summer's evening. Our life flashes for a moment, and then it's gone. Moses says, "Our years may be 70, but if I reason to strength, they're 80, they're just a flash." Man, what is man? He springs up like grass in the morning and by the end of the day, it's dried and gone. You're just a flash. But beloved, what a flash. What a a moment. What an opportunity. And that's what we desire in life. We desire to see relationships that are good. We desire to see justice. We desire to see healing. We desire to see what is good there's in each one of us. And I think all of our political disagreements and frankly a lot of our military disagreements are centered around that very issue. What is good? What is just? What is right? What is it? that we are searching for collectively as humanity. I think we're searching for Eden. I think we're searching for a place where we're whole again. Where a man and a woman make promises to each other in their youth that they hold together for the rest of their day. Where children are raised in families. Where mom and dad provide security and stability and a firm foundation from which to launch. And yet, aren't each one of us in whatever stage of life, aren't each one of us scarred to some degree or another by our failures and the failures of another? For someone to look at the world and for someone to look at themselves and not see that there is corruption from the inside out and there's corruption from the middle out, that person is blind, that person is unwilling to face reality. Is Eden a memory or is Eden a goal? The the big problem in the Old Testament is how do we get back to this place of harmony and peace and fellowship with God? How do we get back to the place where God is no longer angry at me? How do we get back to the place where I can be in fellowship with God? How do I get to that place where I know that there's a peace and that peace does pass understanding? I know that God is in control and I know that I'm walking with him. How can I get back to that place? Is it even possible? Now, the Old Testament writers frame it as who shall ascend the mountain of the Lord. How do we go back to that place where God is, where his presence is, and where he dwells? And that's the message that we've been looking at all through the beginning of the tabernacle and Sinai and all of this. God's presence dwells over the mercy seat. And today as we come to this passage, we see our high priest Aaron. Aaron has been cleansed. We saw him last week go through his own cleansing ritual, and now this pure priest, Aaron stands before God, dressed in white with a white turban, a symbol of the righteous priest, and he does two things. The first is, if you'll notice in our passage, beginning in verse 15, he takes the blood of the goat that's been sacrificed for the sins of the people of Israel, and he sprinkles it on the seat of mercy and in front of the seat of mercy. And then he comes out with the blood, and he sprinkles the courtyards of the blood, And then he goes to the very entrance of the tent of meeting where the great altar is, and he sprinkles the altar itself. This cry of blood from the ground, this cry of a death for the people of Israel, cries out to God from the mercy seat, from the ground itself. It rises up before God, and it flows out from that mercy seat and that holy place out into the courtyard where the people of God meet, and then to the very altar itself. And if you'll look at chapter 16, if you'll look down, should have written the... Verse 19. He shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his fingers seven times and cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleannesses of the people of Israel. Just pause for a moment on that one. The altar. The epicenter of sin. The place where God's justice and wrath is shown in the fires of hell itself. The place where the sacrifice, the the animal, the innocent animal is constantly roasting in front of the people. The very blackest part of this entire ritual needs to be cleansed from you and me. (laughs) I think there's two things right out there. It shows just how bad you and I are. That's been the whole leprosy stuff. You remember all these leprosy passages? The leprosy begins from within, the corruption, the contamination, it comes from within. By the time it's manifest, it's too late. It shapes our lives, it shapes our relations, as we will see tonight, though the high priest comes and he does bring healing. But here we see this healing power of the priest as he brings all of it. Earth and mercy seat, crying out that atonement has been made all of it out to the people of God, the atoning blood of Christ. The theologian Augustine said that when we are restored in Christ, we're restored morally back to that place where our first parents were. We are kept there. By his Holy Spirit. And forgiveness of sin. Is the glorious message that comes. Through all of this atoning blood. But. It's for the purpose of new life. It's for the purpose of living. As Adam and Eve should have. In harmony with God. And in harmony with the creation around them. It's for the purpose of a life of thanksgiving, a life that is turned inside out and given over to God. That altar that symbolizes the darkest, blackest night of God's wrath and fiery judgment is also the altar that symbolizes that there is atoning sacrifice. That there is for you a promise That if you will simply look, if you will simply believe, if you'll lay your hand upon that man, then you too will know life and healing. The other picture that's given here in this passage is a picture of the scapegoat in verses 21 through 22. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins. Andrew Bonar commenting on this, he says, just imagine the trembling Israelite, aware of what's going on, aware that this high priest has to do it all correctly. If Aaron trips with the bowl, Where does he stand before God? If Aaron loses count, where are her sins? If Aaron misses a sin, think of of Aaron standing there over the head of that goat and confessing all the sin and all the iniquities of the people of Israel. A people who already have created a golden calf and have worshipped it. A people who already have shown their fear and lack of faith in God. A people who already, in just the way that they've treated one another, have shown that there's a lot of iniquity to be confessed. The trembling Israelite saying, Aaron, have you done it right? Have you you included me? Have you said enough? Aaron, is it right? Beloved, you and I, the writer of the New Testament, the writers of the New Testament, show us that we've got a perfect one. We've got a priest who has gone before, not with another's blood, but with his own. And he has walked into that place. Those horrible, horrible corruption and sin that is all of this coming from within me, coming right here, right bubbling out from me and contaminating everything I think I love. I think I love my wife. And yet I'm another jerk to her 90% of the 89% of the time. I, I think I love my children. Yet they can give you a laundry list of my failures to them. I think I love my Jesus. That goat bears it all and goes out from Eden, the tabernacle the place where God meets with his people, that sin bearer goes into the wilderness, into chaos, cast away as far as east is from west. Your sin and my sin sent away. As we noted earlier, Andrew Bonar says, look at this goat. See in the goat what Jesus Christ bore for you. When Jesus Christ was on that cross, see in that goat alone, abandoned, given to the wild, skin to be torn open. See what Jesus Christ did for you and for me. The wounds that He bore were not His wounds. They were yours. And they were mine. That, beloved, is love. Herein is love. Not that we first love God, but that He first loved us. Scarce for a righteous man will one die. (laughs) How much more? the righteous man who died for the unrighteous. And so these two images of the healing power of that atoning blood and of that scapegoat being sent out into the wilderness, these two vivid, wild images that are before us here of the atoning blood crying out to God that enough has been paid. And then that sin, departing out into the wilderness, leaves... A people who are standing there pure, holy. Leaves of people who are standing there in fellowship with God. Cleansed and declared right. Here we are, reconciled with God, made holy and made into the very temple of God. If you were with us in Sunday school, you know that we asked the question, where is the embodied presence of Jesus Christ? Where is Christ embodied? And we looked at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, among a number of other places, and noted that, You and I, members of the church, are the body of Christ. We see Christ embodied here among the members of the church, people of every tongue, tribe, and nation, not affinity groups, but drawn together and made into one new person in Jesus. And that in itself, beloved, is going to bring the beginnings of that source of healing. One of the things, one of the pieces of counsel that I regularly give to myself and to the young men that God allows to cross my path is, and I I think this is true regardless, male or female, the, the biblical model for living out Eden for living Eden-filled lives, for living this life that we see pictured here where the people of God and the priest of God are reconciled to God and there's healing and there's wholeness and there's, there's, there's sin sent away and there's a, there's a holy and righteous people before God. How do you live that out? How does that become practical? It becomes practical in three or four arenas. The first is right here. Your Christian faith absolutely governs what you read, what you listen to, what you watch. It absolutely governs what you do with your quiet, private times. It governs it all. Dominion starts here. And when I'm okay here with God and with my surroundings, when I am in a place with God where I... I know that I'm in His will and I'm comfortable with what He has for me and I know that I'm not seeking a God in another person. I'm ready for another person. And when God brings to me another person and we find as you do the dance and you figure out how it all clicks together well and as you exercise Eden in that then you're ready to add. And as a pastor, I can tell you that 90% of the challenges come from somebody thinking they're going to find in circle number three what they are looking for in circle number two. Or somebody thinking they're going to find in circle number two what they're looking for in circle number one. And a lot of people can tell you, yep, (laughs) I can tell you stories. But beloved, that's what living Eden looks like. It looks like you. Being intentional about conforming your mind unto the mind of Christ. Being intentional about leaning into the church. Being intentional about growing in your love for him and in your relationship with him. Growing in your commitment to him and your understanding of him. And then you're ready to start bringing somebody else into that Eden. In the same way the streams of healing flow out from the center of the altar of mercy, so does healing Christianity. So does a healed life. It flows out from the center of that mercy. And it brings mercy into all around it. That's the call of the Christian. I began the entire worship service this morning by saying, basically the reason I read Reformed Theology or other guys is because I'm intentional about looking for mentors. I think any, any smart person should find a mentor, or six, or ten, in any field. Those mentors in this specific arena, theological mentors, are helpful to me as they help me to see in more meaningful in varied ways. What really is the mystery that is contained in another picture? A picture of bread. And a picture of wine. It's another picture that God gives to us. He gives us this picture through Jesus Christ when our Lord said, on the night, you know that that phrase always opens up on the night in which he was betrayed our lord took bread and he broke it on the night when that scapegoat was getting sent into the darkness he said my body is broken for you father we do thank you for these Pictures that you give us, both the ones that we can envision and the ones that we can taste and handle, through these pictures, help us to see our Savior and help us to be transformed more in the way in which we walk before him. In Christ's name, amen.